0: Welcome to your weekly Social Jack Influence Factory. Introducing your coaches, Dean Delisle, Kate Hassett,
1: and Jackson Delisle. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going, everybody? Hey. Jackson, you almost missed your cue there, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Hold on. All right. All right. Thank you. Well, everybody, uh, a lot of you uh, that are on. Oh, look at that. Shirley loves it. It's our new intro. Uh, Thank you to uh, Zach Hansen for uh, that great intro. Um, Yes. uh, You know, uh, Kate, that is a new beginning. So thank you. She goes, it's been a while uh, since she's caught the beginning. So uh, but thank you, everybody, for joining us for another amazing Influence Factory session. And we're in some new environment today just uh, for this week. And we'll be back in our studio next week. But uh, we're excited about today's guest. And uh, we're having a good time. Kate, how are you doing today?
2: I'm good. I'm excited for Michelangelo Caruso. He's really awesome. excited to hear what he's got to say.
1: I know he makes me laugh too. So <laughs> sometimes he's in a good laugh. Jackson, how are you doing on this fine spring day? Looks like you got sunshine coming in behind you or through the reflection there. Yeah, so
3: it's good. I mean, I still had to wipe off my car this morning from snow. Oh, that's right. We're
1: in the Midwest. <laughs> so welcome to all of you who are in the Midwest or otherwise around the world. And uh, and we always appreciate you tuning in, especially uh, not just here live. If you're here at noon central on a Wednesday, we're usually here live. Uh, but on social media, Kate loves when you guys interact on social media. So at Get GetSocialJack is where you would tune in and hashtag Influence Factory if you want us to address things live on the show. And so... Um, We love having a good time with you. We love that you come here to learn from us. Uh, We learn from you. Uh, So please, the more you engage, the more we all learn together. So thank you guys, for, uh, as always, for for dropping in, and, and a hearty welcome. Don't forget to maximize your learning like I'm doing right now. Put your phone on. Do not disturb. I'm not used to having a phone in here, so I was like, oh, I have a phone. Is my phone on? Do not disturb. Are we uh, okay? Good. Uh, close your email, take some notes, tune in, and you will absolutely learn something new. We promise that's our commitment to you. Uh, with uh, that said, uh, we have a uh, questions area in the taskbar. And those of you that have been around for a while winning Starbucks gift cards know for a fact that uh, we look at all the people that engage, like Kate and Shirley, who are already jumping in. Come on, guys, jump on the uh, questions area. The ladies uh, have the winning uh, stride so far in this so uh we you know that we give away uh, starbucks gift cards to those who uh, engage because the secret to building your influence and really being successful in social media and for yourselves is you have to engage you can't go to a networking event and not talk so um and shirley says ladies are winners there you go kate look at that she's got you guys rallying already Um, So today's question, we always ask a question to kick things off. So uh, it's spring. A lot of people are on spring break and you might be listening to us on spring break. Uh, Where is your if you could go anywhere and money was no object, where would you go on spring break? Kate, where would you go?
2: This is a, a silly one, but the moon I've always wanted to go to space. I think it'd be really exciting. I lived in Georgia, so I lived near the beach, been there, done that, but I, I would like to go walk on the moon. I think there needs to be a Kate on the moon.
1: Ah, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, Jackson, how about you? I would say I love Mexico,
3: even though we've been there a bunch. I would, you know, I definitely want to go back. So
1: that so was if Money was no object. That'd be your pick. Maybe Hawaii. Okay, Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii is cool. That's, where, that's what I was going to pick. I have not been to Hawaii, although I am intrigued with Alaska. My dad was uh, stationed up there for many years. Gail, Gail, good to see you on, uh, and good to see you at the event uh, last week. The MLK event and happy MLK Day, everybody. Uh she was uh she was in she she picks Maui. Hank picks the big island. I'm guessing that's Hawaii. I'm I'm a novice when it comes to lingo for Hawaii. Everybody's putting in uh Hawaii, Maui, and all these cool places. Fiji, yes, Royce picked Fiji. I forgot about that. Ireland, um, and then Aspen. Uh, there we go. So uh, all these uh, all these folks. So good. So well, my wish uh, for you is that uh, everybody, you get to go to those places that you want to go to. So let's have a very successful 2018. We're already on track so that we can all go to those places. And Kate, I'm going to uh, text my buddy at SpaceX and see if he can arrange uh, some travel there. Because, you know, I want time travel. So space travel, I think, is just you know, one quick trip uh, in between space travel and time travel. So Absolutely. don't forget to en- do with us. to <laughs> from
2: the moon. I feel like that's a fantastic idea.
1: That'd be a great episode, too. I don't know who we would interview up there, but you'd figure that out. So uh, we have a list of 700 influencers. Let's go through and check that out. So if you're having audio problems today, remember you can click on telephone uh, and you will get a phone number or you can use the mobile <laughs> the mobile app. <laughs> Kate says Martians. <laughs> She typed in here. So uh, there you go. Um, and then uh, Robin loves to go RVing. I love RVing, too. All right. So anyway, now that I'm totally distracted, uh, but we want to make sure that um, uh, that you also know that if you miss our program, that you can pick us up on many other channels that you might, might listen to on podcasts. Jackson, what are some of those channels?
3: iTunes, uh, Google Play,
1: Spreaker, Stitcher, and... SoundCloud. SoundCloud. There yes. we go. Yeah, we, I, I'm always forgetting one. So Sprinkler, Stitchers, uh, Twitches. No,
3: no. Oh. OK, it's Spreaker, <laughs> Spreaker, not Sprinkler.
1: OK, thank you. <laughs> Does yeah. anybody use Spreaker on here? I'm just always curious, like who I, these things I hear about, you know, it's like I get all my music from Pandora, but then I've got like nine other sources that everybody loves to get their music from. I'm so confused with all these apps. So okay. just so you know, yes, I'm confused, too. All right, cool. All right, so anyway, folks, uh, don't forget, we love when you log into Social Jack and you participate. Uh, you guys have been doing some a much better job networking together and exchanging leads when you go in there, so we've created that environment for you. Um, we also have uh, constant updating of classes. So if you want to get this, plus any handouts, materials, things like that, we always provide that for you. Uh, so please make sure you log in to get that and any updated worksheets and materials so there's over 350 amazing items uh, you know cool stuff for you guys to learn from and remember as we mention these events that are paid check your messages and the member uh your member messages to make sure you get the discount codes discounts are cool all right so tomorrow morning we have you automatically registered for how to rock your personal brand online and jackson if they ever want to Register or send somebody. I know they can go to uh, uh, socialjackflash.com, right? Social Jack for any Flash classes. Uh, Can we? Yeah, can we make a note? Just put Flash class up here because I get confused on some of these. So, um, Flash classes, uh, and so we want to make sure Social Jack Flash. So, if you want to send your friends there, all of our classes are listed there. But as loyal members, you guys automatically get registered. Also on the 19th, how to convert connections to clients. This is out of our social selling series. So it's more on the conversion side. Those of you looking to generate new business, that'll be on the 19th at 10 a.m. Central time. Five steps to monetize your network. Thursday, the 5th, uh, on the 3rd, we have a live Chicago influencer class. So, if you want to build your personal brand, learn how to tell your story, you will walk out with headshots and videos. Um, Actually, uh, let's get to see who's on the waiting list for these influencer workshop and networking event. Click that top one. I'm doing a poll right now. Click that top one if you want to be on the waiting list. We had about 35 people on the waiting list, and we can only hold 50. So, please click on the top there and this will be in chicago on the third okay so uh super quick uh kate we've got some news today don't we
2: Yeah, we do. We have two awesome articles. Um, And of course, if you're listening in and not catching the screen, or if you're not tuning in live, you'll get these links in the follow up. So don't worry, we have those available for you. The first one is five steps to creating awesome content. Awesome content, not just content, awesome content. And there's a really awesome infographic that goes with it. So make sure you check out the link. This is from social media today. Um, But I'm just going to go briefly touch the five steps and uh, how they might affect you. The first one is identifying your audience and your persona. We talk about this all the time. The audience is the most important thing on social media, talking to your clients like you know them. So this kind of walks you through how to do it, how to establish your persona, which in a lot of cases is also your personal brand. The second step is to plan your content
1: hold on, sorry, the the professor's coming out in me on this, because I want people to understand a lot of people, when we say who, you know, who can you sell your product or service to? They'll go everyone. And, you know, we've gone through this ourselves. So the idea here is identify your audience, but you cannot use the word everyone or anyone. You need to specifically start at certain targets. So I'm sure Michael will give us a a little bit on that too, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I just had to It just came out.
2: No, you're okay. We should just change that. Instead of audience, your ideal target. We'll just we'll put that in for us. Your ideal target. The second step on the infographic is to plan out your content. Um, they mentioned what you can do is review your competitors' content. We've had some other conversations about this on influence factory episodes in the past where we've said you can review it to look at it, but we don't want to copy. We don't want to mimic because you're your own brand. But definitely Importantly, you want to produce high-quality content. Um, our team at Social Jack does a really great job of finding content that produces engagement, and that's what you want to be looking for because content that's high-quality, that's more likely to be shared, is going to be more likely to be viewed by your audience. So definitely right. look for that. Um, and then you want to map and create your content. We use an Excel document here, really easy. Just plan it out how you want to talk about because. Chances are you have a lot of things to talk about over the course of weeks.
1: And we have those sample maps and documents in Social Jack for you to download. So if you guys are looking again for those great tools to use, we always upload those there. So
2: Yeah, absolutely. Utilize it there. And then, of course, the last step is to promote and distribute. And I like that it pointed out in this infographic that you want to publish content on the website and social media first and then link back to it in your email. So you can also repurpose as blog posts we do a lot of that and so you can just repurpose it on all your different platforms and that's a great way to use content that you already have so check out this infographic lots of good data on there
1: yeah and you saw me do this because that means you're going to be spending some dough when you get to that stage four so save up your you know roll your bitcoins or whatever you do to actually do that um Yeah, that was uh, Jimmy Z got it. It was my flash cash move. So there you go. I like that. (laughs) Can we use that, Jimmy Z? I'm sure he'll let us write that down flash cash. I like that. We're going to use that somewhere. Uh, And then did you say track results and adjust your strategy? Because I was like reading something over here.
2: Oh, yes. I'm sorry. That was the fifth step. Track your results and adjust your strategy. And actually something I did want to point out is that you need to let your data dictate your content and not the other way around. So definitely want to look for
1: your results and then adjust. Right on, right on. So as always, we'll send all these out to you so you have these. And uh, again, don't forget to log in. All these uh, are also So listed with every episode that is posted in Social Jack's resource library. So uh, which stories option is best for your brand? I thought this was pretty fascinating. Actually, Kate, I like this one.
2: Yeah, it's a really good story. So as you know, we have uh, Snapchat, Instagram, and Facebook all have the live story options. Waiting for LinkedIn to come out with something, but they haven't jumped on yet. Um, and so when you're deciding which brand you want to use to uh, utilize the story feature, you got to think about um, the demo, who's using the story. And so this really breaks it down. You know, yeah. we have 187 million story users on Snapchat, but wow. they tend to be younger, 13 to 18. So that might might not be your demo. Instagram's more 19 to 49, 300 million story users, and Facebook can't even release the data because they offer stories for businesses as well as personal pages. So it just, it varies. So this really helps you kind of decide age range and platform that's best for you to utilize stories. But one thing I did want to point out in this story, and you can go read it later, is that the content that performs best on live stories tends to be... Behind the scenes, so we do a lot of that. The live videos before the Influence Factory, we get a lot of comments on. Um, Also, event marketing, event promotion. Um, When you're out doing things, broadcasting live, those live stories—they're just really authentic. They really give a genuine feel of who your brand is. And then, of course, new product reviews and customer Q and A. So, if you're looking for ideas to go live to use those stories, those are some really basic ones that are going to get some engagement.
1: Yeah, right on. These are awesome. Uh, the other thing is, uh, I noticed down here too, they talk about in your stories to mix it up, like you can have geotags and sponsored lenses, which are, you know, basically putting your stamp on the what people are using, uh, and then polls. And then what are highlights? Is that just where you can highlight things on Instagram? Because I don't use it as much as some of others might, but where it says highlights...
3: Yes. Yeah. So you can highlight your uh, like posts and things like that by posting them also to your story, saving them to your story. Uh, and then and then you can save uh, past stories uh, into your highlights reel, which is found on your profile. So people can go and view uh, your stories that you've posted, but saved them uh, as highlights. And that'll last longer than uh, 24 hours that those will last until you delete them. So if you want those on your on your profile for, you know, uh, as long as you want, then you can just save those as highlights. Yeah. Right on. Right on.
1: Okay, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and move on to today's lesson. And this was amazing news. Thank you, guys. This is I always love uh, when you guys get this so super quick. uh, I'm just going to put up a polling uh, question here while uh, I I move into the lesson and then we're going to get Michael on right away after that. So. Uh, real quick, a lot of you ask about our ninety-day influencer development program. So, only if you want to, uh, you know, you can get this off of our website. But if you'd like to speak of us, speak with us about any of these things: our influencer development program, signing up for classes press releases or SEO programs or monthly social media, please just click on that appropriate uh, polling item right now. We're going to leave that up for two minutes. So before I bring um, Michael on, one of the things that uh, that typically comes up is building influence through events, and that's today's lesson. So really getting to a place where um, you are either participating in an event or you're going to an event and i picked this uh, sort of topic because uh you know whenever i think about presenting or speaking i i've gotten a lot of my tips from our uh, next guest <clears throat> and and one of the things to understand is that with speaking with presenting there's certain techniques but there's also connections that you make and what's interesting is as speakers we'll tend to come in and then we'll leave but there's all, there, there's like thousands of people to connect to so one of the easiest best practices i can tell you is number one if you're a participant and you want to elevate your influence game make sure that you not only connect to the speakers in terms of talking to them or exchanging your card or giving them your card but make sure you take a minute to write them a special thank you note of what you learned from them as you connect to them on LinkedIn at the very least. And make sure you follow them on Twitter. And we talked about engagement early on here. Make sure you engage with those speakers. Uh, it makes them feel good. It builds a relationship and rapport. And as you start coming up through the ranks, it gives you a, a stronger network of collaborative speakers, just like I have with our next guest. So that's the sort of the hot tip le- mini lesson for today. Uh, in terms of my next guest, I am like so excited. Michelangelo Caruso, besides not Eating ketchup for 17 years, and his childhood hero was Daniel Boone. He has uh, spoken on five continents and 49 states. And, you know, we were celebrating last week about being on, um, uh, you know, being a, a you know, 32, actually, th- tomorrow morning, too, we're going to be broadcasting to 32 countries simultaneously. First time. Ever we've hit that milestone but um, I'd like to welcome uh, Michael on as I said uh, I have learned so much from him and he said he exercises nearly every day so there's another motivator for me and uh, his favorite seat on uh, most airplanes is two B. so everybody uh, please welcome my good friend uh, and our guest today Michael Angelo Caruso. Hey Dane. Hey man
0: welcome. It's good to be with you again
1: yeah absolutely, absolutely. We were just reminiscing before we got started, like how we met, and I don't know were we both speaking at an event of Doug's, or what it was a, one of those real estate things, maybe right?
0: You know it's almost been a decade, right and it's amazing the calendar pages are flying off the wall, but I think doug crow is the is the person we need to blame,
1: yeah right, right, right. And you know what's funny is uh you know you and i have have crossed paths like a ton, and um and, and you've just always been I want to thank you publicly here because you've always been an inspiration to me to tell whenever I needed that next little thing or that nugget or that tip. You make things easy for people to digest, you know, for us to to learn from you. So I just want to tell you, I've learned how to how to deliver that from you. But I've also, you know, uh, constantly I'm picking up those nuggets, even though, you know, we don't always get to talk as often as we
0: Thank you. And the feelings mutual, I've learned a lot from you too. I've enjoyed your Social Jack platform. I've enjoyed your, you did a, you taught me a lot about LinkedIn, um, especially in the early days when we were all learning about social. So congratulations on all your success.
1: Oh, yeah, back at you. So, um, so tell me, you know, a lot of times on these, you know, people are wondering, well, you know, I want to be like, I want to be like Mike, you know, the old uh, Michael Jordan syndrome thing. But uh, tell us a little bit about how, you know, how did you get to here? I mean, you know, I'm I I listen to you on Saturday mornings when I can Uh, your Facebook lives. Those are pretty cool. It's almost like, you know, here it's just hanging out on a Saturday morning and, and tuning in. But tell me a little bit about, you know, how did you get to here? You know, what was that turning point in your career or your life and how you decided? I
0: think um, there have been a few. Uh, one was realizing that I could, I could run my own show, be my own business. That was a big turning point for me. Uh, at the time, I was working in the telecommunications arena. Uh, I had come up from the music business, so I knew what it was like to travel for a living. I knew what it was like to work from the road. So I knew I had that kind of gypsy spirit, which I think is very helpful in my line of work as a professional speaker.
1: That's why we get along.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> one key one was um, when it didn't seem like the music thing was going to be my future. Uh, that was a key moment. A second was when I realized that I could walk from my traditional desk job, which was making 50 outbound calls a day in the telecommunications of business. That was a big moment. Uh, and then I've had a couple of key clients along the way that helped me understand how I could grow into the business and, and become even more important and more valuable to other people. Cause that's really the, the measuring stick, right? So many of entrepreneurs uh, decisions are based on raw emotion and, you know, personal feelings. And of right. course, and you guys said it earlier, you've got to base your decisions based on data and, and what's possible from a, from a, from a metric, not just what you think is possible. It's a I know you've got to trust your gut sometimes, but you've got to you've got to you're, you're competing with other people that do what you do, man. You better make sure you can fly in that airspace.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so were there were there people a lot? Well, actually, first of all, I just because, you know, I have you are you still playing in the band or no? No, no. I, I
0: always tell people I'm still performing. I still travel. I still sign autographs because I'm autographing books. <laughs> uh, I still have roadies, you know, people that look after me uh, when I get to the gig. But um uh not performing and you, said, and you said I
1: was always good for a backstage pass right so
0: That's right absolutely <laughs> true. All, Were you all ever... access, all access.
1: <laughs> Were you ever uh were you ever a roadie No no I was for uh Steve Miller Oh wow Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, yeah, it was, it was interesting. It wasn't as good for me as you might think, but it was, uh, it was an experience of hard work and, and small rewards, but at least I I had good seats. So, you know, it's roadies work hard, man. Yeah. Right on. So, um, yeah. So and sticks, we did a little bit with sticks too, because, uh, they, they would come through a big venue that I was associated with. So it was sort of cool. Um, So what about, you know, people, you know, along the way in our journey, you know, I've I've told in my story a lot how, you know, there's people that that have picked me in my journey and then there's people that I've. Been attracted to and selected for them to, you know, we do a lot of things around social teaming here. So I, I've in, enrolled them or drafted them as part of my team and said, "Man, this person's successful. I want to get to know what they're about." Like you, you know, how I connected to you, and I'm like, I, I like to attach to to people that I, you know, want to learn from and be like. So who are some of those people that sort of helped guide you and mold you as you're as you're going on the journey?
0: Well, in the early days, you know, I was a big fan of the old school guys like Zig Ziglar. Uh, and, oh, yeah. and for the for the people that might not know the names, I'll attach a little bit of a memory about each of these people, if that's all right. Zig yes. Ziglar was a master storyteller. He had that thick uh, Southern accent. He was from Dallas, and was, when when Zig talked, he he talked was like a, talking right. to one of your uncles or something. And, uh, <laughs> and he had a really good foundation in the sales industry. So uh, when he gave when he talked about sales training, it wasn't you know hoo ha. It was the real deal.
1: Pots and, and you know, pans, like, right? That uh, he was a he was, exactly right. Yeah, yeah.
0: And he he had this bit where he went. He, he imitated a uh, like you were pumping water, and he would go down on one knee and pump water. You know, he'd be on his knee for five or six minutes. When he finally stood up, he would get a standing ovation just because you know he'd been down there so long. <laughs> So we love Zig for the storytelling. I love Brian Tracy because he, he was the real professional stripe. You know, He was the Midwestern. I don't know if he's from the Midwest, but he didn't have the Southern accent. He was somehow seemed uh, a different type of professional stripe. Right. Um, and, and he gets into the psychology of leadership and the psychology of selling. Even today, uh, one of the newest components to my talks are this, uh, the idea of cognitive bias, things like optimism bias, pessimism bias um Confirmation bias, all these things that play so heavily into how we sell, how we lead, and of course, my area of expertise, presentation skills. So right. those are two early guys that really got to me on a deep level. Today, I, I just uh, I'm a, I like a, I like the combination platter, you know, Gary V, Tony Robbins. um I like Alexandria Brown for uh, her online marketing. I think she's terrific. Yep. Um, there's always people getting my
1: attention. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And, and, you know, I think uh, one thing that's uh, important for everyone to hear is that, you know, uh, I think as long as we maintain a growth mindset, uh, and some say a beginner's mindset, to where we're open that there's there's not a single one of us that know everything, you know, it's just impossible. And so we yeah. need to just break that down and be human and go, okay, I'm open to receive whatever is going on here and, and pick up what nuggets I need to to, to make your next step. so. So, uh, so I've learned a ton from you in the, in the presentation space and, um, you know, in, in this or how, how to be a a good presenter, how to convey your message. You know, uh, I know we're going to tell people how to download things and get cool things from you, but can you, can you just, you know, as you're, as you're helping people, what are some of the things that you tell them and coach them on to really be a a better presenter? And, and this could be, you know, my guess is, you know, there's different formats here, you know, so there's like the boardroom pitch or the present presentation could be the small even smaller meeting presentation, and then there's the big pitch, you know, the bigger rooms. So how do you, how do you sort of take people down that path?
0: Well, let's do it at a macro, like a 30,000-foot level, and then we'll do a couple of granular tips. Cool. Uh, if you're really looking down on the speaking industry and what it takes to be influential with an audience, whether it's a one-on-one audience or a group audience, um, one of the things you really have to get good at is paying attention to detail. Which is challenging for a lot of people today because uh, a lot of people coming up are very self-absorbed, you know? And I don't even say that pejoratively. I just think that we're more interested in ourselves as a baseline than we are in other people. So um, this idea of looking up once in a while and just paying attention to what's happening, establishing eye contact, noticing what causes people to do different things in a conversation as an example. It's very very useful. Uh, one of the things I do for some clients is I do what what are called ride-alongs, Dean, with their salespeople, and I sit nice. next to the salesperson while he's pitching to his prospect, and I take notes. Of course, everybody's writing. I write right. Stuff too, right? So I'm writing. I'm writing what I see and what I hear. And when we get in the car with the salesperson on the way out of the appointment, the salesperson always says, Well, how did I do? And I always talk about the good stuff before the bad stuff. <laughs> right. But eventually I'll say to him, You know, why do you think he pushed away from the table when he did? And my guy will say, What are you talking about? He never pushed away from the table. I said, Are you sure? And then he kind of he's driving, you know, so he can't take his eyes off the road too much, but he's looking at me like this. But what do you mean he took his eyes off the table? I said, Well, let me check my notes. And I go into my notes because I was taking notes. And I say, in minute 17, he pushed back from the table. And my go, my guy goes, oh, I didn't even notice. How is that possible if he was watching the same person I was? But he's so busy giving his presentation, even if, even though he thinks he's observant, he's really not. And then, then there's another funny moment because he's driving and he goes, well, I must have said something. I'm like, you think? And then he said, well, what did I say? I said, let me check my notes. I checked my notes. And I said, you said such and such word. And it turns out the guy didn't like the word, or he didn't like the sentence, or he didn't like the way it was presented. And so to the extent that somebody can help you understand what you're missing, you could become very, very polished in no time.
1: Right, right. Yeah, and folks, don't forget you can you can ask questions that are specific to you, and we'll get those to Michael during this uh, segment as well. So that's interesting. So you know, like when I was, um, I, I I don't know if you remember, I did a I did a couple years stint with uh, Tony Robbins when he was building up the coaching, and I went through his mastery programs and you know all the cool things. And you know, with NLP and all that, there was I, I really got fascinated by the power of language. You know, language that. Others use in that language that we use as part of that. What what any tips or thoughts around that area of language?
0: Of course, language is extremely important. There are a half a million words in the English language if you don't count gerunds and verb derivatives and things like that. And so and emojis and emojis now. <laughs> you get right. And So just trying to choose the right word, let alone the word combination. Right, is a real challenge because you have to think on your feet. You know, you never know what the other person's going to say, for example, in a sales presentation. You can guess at some of the questions and objections that they'll have, but uh, this idea of being able to think on your feet, formulate and articulate not only a response, not only a good response, but the best response is really right. important. So we talk about things like the perfect elevator speech, the perfect sales presentation, because you can get close to perfection if you're crafting your presentation. I call it word substitution, Dean, because we actually take a word that maybe you shouldn't have used, as per our uh, story from earlier, and we substitute it with another word that somehow scores better on the reception-o-meter. You know? And so you'll find if you can take that word out of your presentation, your, for example, your closing ratio could improve. I'm oversimplifying, but that's basically how it works.
1: So yeah, language,
0: is, language is really important. And, and and so what we know is that a lot of people don't even care to grow their vocabulary because your chances of using the exact word are much better if your vocabulary is deep. So I always tell speakers and presenters, you want to subscribe to these online dictionaries who offer a word of the day, uh, which I've been subscribing uh, to for years. It's, uh, the one I get is at uh, wordsmith.org, wordsmith.org. And you're looking for a feature called a word of the day.
1: So, wordsmith.org, the word of the day.
0: That's right. And then, of course, the trick is using the word so that it sticks and you can remember it. And, um, and of course, you won't remember all of them, but that's how you grow your vocabulary. We all did it when we were young, but when we get to be older, it seems like it falls away from
1: us. That's funny. I was just thinking of uh, growing up, my mom would listen to, you know, Albums with the comedians, and I remember Norm Crosby was always classic yeah. about misusing words. And I think about that because uh, I have a but tendency you know to learn. A yeah. guy kind of like
0: Norm Crosby would fall out of favor today because people wouldn't understand the joke. He right. used a fake word, but nobody would know the difference. Right. I was out the other day with somebody. I don't know if it was a coffee shop or where I was, but I was joking with a twenty-something at the counter, and I said to him, "You look like a hundred bucks." And it was a joke because the saying is, you look like a million bucks. Yeah, right. He didn't know the original version, so he said, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So I just let it go, of course. Didn't tell him I cheated him, $999,000.
1: Yeah, right. Or maybe he had somebody else had said, you're not worth two cents or something, you know. Yeah, that's right. Oh, man. So uh, interesting. I was at a a presentation and I can't tell you the number of times I've heard this. And a lot of us, you know, what's your take on? uh, Well, first of all, let's just take the big picture thing. What's your take on PowerPoint? So I have, you know, when uh, for some of these uh, segments that we do, we'll have slides up from time to time. Uh, Visual aids, if you call them, what's your what's your take on using PowerPoint or any
0: type of vision? uh, Of course, no disrespect to anybody that uses PowerPoint, but it's become a kind of a uh a crutch, you right. know, and it's an it's an it's an omnipresent crutch now. So everybody's using it, and I think we overuse it in most mm. cases. I think we abuse it in a lot of cases. So some easy tips are: uh, first, you would only if you have to have to use PowerPoint. You want to use it in the middle third of your presentation. Use the first third to establish eye contact and uh, rapport, and you use the final third to close the deal because all presentations are about a call to action. And so the middle of the presentation is where you show something that you positively can't describe any other way. And uh, the trick to using PowerPoint is to use extra large fonts, what I call oversized fonts, never put more than one photograph in a slide.
3: Right.
0: And I'd like to have a dollar for every time I've heard a presenter say, uh, if you're sitting in the back, you probably can't see this slide. like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly. And you know we can't see it, and you're still showing it. You know, shame on you. Yeah, and and you're speaking to it on top of it. (laughs) I know, and we see this all the time. So it's almost, it is laughable. We're both laughing at it. Right. And I don't know why we don't fix it. Um, And what's surprising is that so many bosses insist on PowerPoint, which just perpetuates the problem in a lot of cases, Right. I mean, think about this. If you don't have the preview screen or your computer screen is not set up where you can actually see what you're looking at, you actually have to turn your back to to get to your talking points.
1: Right. Oops. Oops lost eye contact and rapport. I mean, you, know, you you spent that time building rapport and now you just turned it off. So well,
0: there's this thing in theater that you never turn your back on the audience? You know, you always, right. if I'm turning to exit the stage, I don't turn all the way around to exit. I'll just turn to the left to go this way. It turns to the right to go this way. So there's all kinds of staging that we don't think about. I've been getting a lot of calls to coach people through Ted talks, Dean. And yeah. one of the things I've been sharing with people is that there's a theater theater in, in presenting. Everybody wants to rehearse the talking points, but nobody wants to rehearse what you do when you say the talking points. Right. If you were at a play, you would rehearse where you move and how you move and how right. you move your hands and your, you know, your motions like this. But nobody ever rehearses that when they're getting ready to pitch a $50,000 deal.
1: Wow, it's interesting. Yeah. And then so do you say not just doing that for a big presentation, but actually have that sort of rapport building mannerisms or movement when you're when you're in a boardroom or a smaller meeting as well?
0: Oh, for sure. Even in a one on one, if your goal is persuasion or inspiration or motivation, or as I say, all presentations have a call to action, right? Uh, We want your viewers and listeners to do something with this content today. So right. we're trying to get uh, you know inside their head a little bit. I think that you need to use all of the tools that are available to you. That includes vocabulary, tone, uh, dynamics, range in your voice, hand motions, gestures. Even pauses.
1: I was gonna say, use your feet, move around. <laughs> yeah. It drives me nuts when there's somebody just in, you know, I hate podiums for one. Uh, but I hate I hate when there's just like the person that just stands in one spot. I just want to say, Hey, could you come here for a minute? I was <laughs> gonna call up
0: over. You know, you probably heard this when because when I was in the telecommunication business, we used to make 50 outbound calls a day, and we always were told about things like the smile mirror. You know, where you're yeah. you're looking at oh, yourself, yeah, right. and you, you'll always put on a show for yourself, right? Because you're you're self-conscious now. You you you'll never use your resting face again, right? And standing up when you talk on the phone because it, your tone is different when you're standing. There's more energy, more vitality, and so even as I speak to you today, right now, I'm standing up, and I have a stand-up desk that I put in position right before we started, and and because I think. All of that stuff is so important, and I know that in the end i'm going to be compared to all your other guests, and I'm <laughs> going to be competing for views you know or whatever and and I right. want to show well and I want to be back on your show again so all of this is about I think showing ourselves in our best light,
1: yeah, that's awesome. I like that um what's your, you know what's your take uh <clears throat> what's your take on um on uh, what you, you know, like colors, you know, remember, like, um, I don't forget, it must have been either my training through the 80s or the 90s now that I'm dating myself, but it'd be like, you know, blue is the color of trust and red means stop. And, 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 you know, I see these personality charts of colors and I'm like, you know what, I'm using my brand colors. And if I like the color, I'm using it. But as, is there really a science to, to 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 swaying the audience by putting wearing certain colors or putting certain colors on things?
0: Uh, I'm not an expert in this. I'm a vibrant guy. I'm a bold guy. So I tend to avoid pastels. Uh, I tend to avoid weak fonts in, in, in right. presentations if I'm using PowerPoint, which I hardly ever do. Uh, I dress boldly I saw a politician on tv this morning I was at a breakfast in uh, in, in the cafeteria they had he had this dark suit but he and a and a, and a uh, light blue shirt and a pink tie and I thought I thought the pink looked weak to me you know we we've talked about these things like power ties for a while yeah. the yellow tie was a power tie and I never believed that I never felt it you know right. yellow was not powerful so I I like a tie that jumps off the shirt, and complements the suit. Uh, so if you talk about clothing, I think it's important. Um, I also like, uh, I think about the backdrop. So if I'm speaking in an auditorium with a black curtain, and uh, I probably will avoid a black suit, especially if they don't have what's called yeah. key, light, key lighting behind me, where my shoulders would be highlighted, right? So I could pop off the curtain a little bit. Now, sometimes we don't know in advance what you're going to be up against, literally. Great what kind of curtain you're going to be up against. But uh, I, I do think you should take that stuff into consideration. I think more important than colors, though, um, are the personalities in the audience.
3: Yeah, The
0: colors too. of the personalities, if you will, in the audience. It's been said there are four basic personalities, the relator, thinker, socializer, and director. And so you you want to know who's in the audience so that you can speak to them. And you speak to them and target your message based on, guess what? Vocabulary, word choice, story selection—all those things—and so, in a way, you're using color, but but in an unconventional sense, right? Right. It's a lot going on, isn't there?
1: You know, it's uh, you know, and and you know what's funny about that is um, so last night. Well, here's the thing: so we do a lot in the financial insurance real estate space. And so as you're making that, as you were just making that face, I was thinking uh, one thing that drives me nuts is I'm usually big about, you know, like you use some humor, get people going and high energy and make things happen. And there'll be just times where I just have the dead audience, but I get like high scores. And so I'm literally walking out of there thinking, I did a really crappy job, you know what I mean? So it's like, I start beating myself up and I'm like, nobody's with me, nobody's getting this. And last night I was doing a thing at, you know, at DePaul at one of the universities here. And I'm thinking while these, I'm not thinking the students are probably, you know, they're on their 30th hour this week in grad school and this extra program that we're doing. So uh, so it's like, you know, it's almost like how do you not get hooked or what's your thought about around the, you know, being around the audience and feeding off the audience and, and sort of that sort of thing?
0: Well, you know, there's a couple of things going on in your question. One is the audience feedback, which which I mean, it's it's worth something. Right. Even if there's no right. feedback, it's worth something. And then there's there are other benchmarks like how how do you normally do on the talk, you know? Uh, my sense is that a lot of presenters and a lot of speakers will, they tend to discount whatever feedback they get. Uh, In fact, we were taught to do that when I came up through the music business. You know, I, I, I first got my taste of large audiences when we opened for my band, opened for acts like Rick Springfield and Corey Hart and Joan Jett. And one of the first things we were taught in the business was never believe all the good things people say about you and never believe all the bad things people say about you. Uh-huh. Having said that, when I ask people today how they did, think they did on their presentation, and I'm at these conferences where there are many keynote speakers. Uh, just last weekend, I met the last passenger off the plane that landed in the Hudson River. Remember that?
1: Oh, my gosh, yes.
0: And it was a great speech. Great. Dave Sanderson's is the guy's name, and it was a great speech. Um, but I ask all speakers, I say, how do you think you did? Now, I, I don't remember what Dave told me in particular, but most speakers say, well, I think I did pretty good. And that's their answer, and that they're done talking about it. But when I ask, I want to know what was the best thing that you heard? What was the, the what was the strongest part of my keynote this evening? What was the weakest part of my keynote? I heard one time that when Coldplay, the band, is on stage, one of the things that they look for, and they can't see a lot from the stage because of the right. lights. Right. They can't see all of the little exit signs in the back of the of the uh, auditoriums, <laughs> they, and they're in stadiums. Right, And what they watch is the little exit sign. What they watch is for silhouettes to go by the exit signs because that's people leaving. Oh they my go to gosh. to the bathroom, or the concession stand, right? <laughs> right. Or out for a smoke, whatever people do. I don't know. Yeah. I would never get up from a $100 ticket to do anything. But these people get up and they walk around. And Coldplay is watching this because that's how they decide what song to remove from the playlist the following night. Really? So you can never stop looking at uh, the detail of your performance too much. I don't think you should be obsessed with it, but I think you should pay attention to the the nuance of the feedback that you get because that's how we all get better at what we do.
1: That's uh, yeah, no, that's interesting. The exit signs—that's a great story. I've never heard—I've never heard about
0: yeah, well, that well, before. I've talked about it a bit. I, I call it watching the exits because that's when. You're getting a real sense. And you can do the same thing on blog posts or your Facebook page or, uh, you know, I know you guys are into social big time. So when you watch your Twitter following and it's, it's decreasing because you started to go uh, more political than you normally go, that's a sign to back off the politics if you want to keep that number up. And I'm not saying keeping the number is the most important thing, but you can't ignore that the number is going down because you started... Going Republican or Democrat or
1: Libertarian, whatever. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that's uh, that's cool. So, uh, so speaking of social, what's your what's your whole take on this? I mean, you and I were you you and I, you know we didn't have social, we didn't even have cell phones, you know, coming through the ranks. And, no. you know, we we come from the world of uh when DOS was born and all that good stuff and fax machines were, were being used in modems and funny stuff we always talk about. But but so social is like change this whole dynamic of 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 uh, and Shirley's asking your favorite social platform. So I'll throw that in. But so what's your take on all this? Because you're really good at it. I I admire you keeping up with it, but what's your whole take on it?
0: Sure. And a couple tips for anybody that's watching. Um, I use a a mix of organic, uh, which are natural and really me posting and scheduled uh, posts via Meet Edgar is the platform I'm using now. Um, I never post the same thing to multiple platforms simultaneously because I've got so many people following me on different channels. Um, I have a mix of motivational quotations from famous people so that it's not Michael all the time what I call wit, which is sometimes not witty at all. It's my version of
1: wit. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. I I try to like everyone.
0: Thank you. I love um, it. Also, a mix of, there are some promotional things, but it's it's uh, easy on that because it's called social media for a reason, right? It shouldn't be all business. So it's 80-20 for me. 20% business, 80% other stuff. Right. Um, and um Lately, I've been getting a lot of juice from LinkedIn. I was I was a Facebook fanatic for a long time. I have fun on Instagram. I'm not getting a lot of juice from it. Everybody's different. Uh, Snapchat is almost useless to me. I, I'm reading a book by Gary V right now, where he's talking about giving Snapchat some love. I'll try to find some time. But LinkedIn's been really good to me, and I'll tell you why. LinkedIn has a search mechanism that none of the other ones have. You can, for example, if I'm selling uh, sales training. I need to get to sales manager so I can type into LinkedIn, Michigan uh, sales manager, and a bunch of names come up. You can't do that on Facebook. You can't do it on Twitter. Right. You certainly can't do it on Instagram. And that's been very good to me. I connect with these people. And then they start to see my wit, such as it is. They start to see blog posts. Um, and of course, relevancy rules, right? So today- Yeah. Uh, is it today or yesterday? Today, April four, the fiftieth anniversary of Martin Luther King's assassination. Well, I did a blog post about Martin Luther King some time ago uh, because he was such a great speaker, you know. Right. And this is a, a good day to share MLK stuff because of the hashtag relevancy. Right. So I'll get a lot of views of that blog today if I push it out, and of course the. It's because MLK is in the news just today, just April 4. Tomorrow, it'll be something else. So there's a website called Today in History, and you can find out what's relevant, because that's what all the radio stations are going to be talking about. Um, and of course, you can always go to the old standby, which is what's trending on Twitter.
1: Right, exactly. So that's called Today in
0: History? Yes, sir. Got and then that's to get to relevancy, because because your stuff becomes like eight or 10 times more important on a day that everybody else is interested in it. So the Martin Luther King blog, which is a pretty good blog post, doesn't get nearly as much love on the day Martin Luther King was not assassinated.
1: Yeah, isn't that crazy, man? It's just the way our world is, man. There's so much news, so much going on. It's almost, you know tough being present with whatever is going on you know with with mm. all this noise i just want to make a note we had a couple of people commenting that you had a rotary uh on your website or a mention of supporting rotary and kate was just mentioning that uh she has uh, she spoke at her uh rotary last and now she's taken some of these tips uh into uh rotary and so uh you know just wanted to thank you for helping her you know sort of get some more nuggets to to give an even better presentation in there. So
0: my pleasure. And, you know, I give back because it feels good. And I'm a, I'm a 22 year Rotarian now. So it's a lifestyle. for wow. me. It's a, it's a give back lifestyle. But for those of you on the call that are trying to uh, cultivate influence, we want to know that you're human, right? If you're pitching your stuff all the time, you just you wear us out. And what happens is when you can show us what you really care about, you know, whether it's Rotary, or uh, I gave blood today, the Red Cross, or uh, any any of the good charitable causes out there. When we know that you care about that, it makes you seem more human, right and and, and human is good
2: yeah right
1: (laughs) it's good to be human (laughs) well and and then when you know kate goes to the moon you know somebody said she'll meet martians because we were like well who are we going to interview and they go martians of course so but that would be mars so maybe there's somebody there's moon men or moon women or something up there so
0: yeah we'll have to check the residency requirements and maybe the martians are already on the moon
1: okay who knows right so um Oh, well, so that's good. And I always get, I always get anxious about this time because we're coming to a close and I'm thinking about, I want everyone, you know, we always ask this at the end of the program, but, uh, to, to Michael's point, we always say, what's the one thing. So I want you guys to begin thinking of the one thing, but if you were going to send people off with like, okay, I have a presentation next week. I have a presentation in two weeks. I have a presentation tomorrow, tonight. Um, What's one thing? You have so many things. What's one thing you just tell people to do? I
0: think focus on the call to action. Uh, you know, it just kills me when people finish a presentation and they say, well, I'm, I'm done now. I just wanted you to know where we stand. or I just wanted you to know. You could have sent me to a website and not wasted an hour of my time. The call to action is something specific that you want the person to do as a result of the meeting. So if it's the job interview, I want you to hire me. If it's a um, if it's a uh, sales pitch, I want you to buy from me, right? If it's a safety presentation, I want you to not get hurt. So there's always something at the end. And as Stephen Covey once said, begin with the end in mind. Reverse yeah. engineer your presentation, for that call to action, whatever it is that you want them to do, and be very specific about what that is. Don't be don't leave it to the imagination. Don't be vague. Don't say do this whenever you get a chance. Tell
1: them to do it right now, man. Yeah. Super, super, super cool. Well, we want you to hang on for a few minutes because we're going to give away a, a prize to folks. And then uh, people that do want to, um, you know, go to your website and let's say uh, it's on the topic of speaking. What's the what's the one thing you want to point them to uh, as they as they go there? So give well, us the
0: website. Us free information. Yeah. So the website is michaelangelocaruso.com, uh, Michael dot com, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Uh, and if you go to the site, you'll get a chance to, uh, I think you'll click on, if you like the, it says I'm new to the site or first time right. here, you can get the first two chapters of my new book workouts oh. and it's free. And then of course, if you're on my list, I'll send you my monthly mashup, which has tips on all, you know, if you like the content today, it's just more of that kind of thing. Right. And then of course, as always, just let's get connected on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff.
1: Nice, nice, nice. So one thing we always want to check in, we have a lot of new folks that uh, come in and and people come in and out and some are regulars. Uh, One of the things I want everyone uh, to really, uh, I'm going to put up another poll here. So it says, are you a business influencer? And then we'll bring uh, Kate and Jackson back on for prizes and final announcements here. So uh, one of the things that that we tell people, Michael, is that we want them to know that um, you know, a lot of people click on not sure. And so I think one of the biggest things is I was listening at the university last night, they were doing pitches on products and things like that. But each and every one of you are an influencer. Every one of us are influencers. And so we want you to claim and own the fact that that every single day you're impacting people and influencing people. And we want each and every one of you to own that for yourselves. So uh, I know some of you, uh, a third of you said you're not sure, but we want you to be sure. And so that's why, we bring michael on and and have uh and 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 bring you the education that we do and we want you to know that that we're all resources for you so we put michael's uh twitter uh handle up here and and he's very responsive on social media very open i'm sure you'd invite everybody to connect to you on linkedin right michael yeah so yeah so so jump on and and be part of that so um so anyway, I just want you all to really know that and own that for yourselves in the world. Uh, and then we'll announce our winner here in just a second. Uh, next week's uh, guest is no stranger, Jimmy Z. Uh, he's uh, going to show you how uh, getting more fish uh, to your funnel. So it's, uh, the funnel is the sales funnel, in case people are not familiar with that term, but our audience should be. So getting more, uh, more fish into the funnel. Um, oh, and Shirley wants to know, Michael, uh, why the uh, 2B on the plane?
0: Well, 2B is uh, the front of the plane. I like to uh, get off first. You can waste 20 minutes if you're in the back. Uh, second issue is it's usually the aisle seat. I, I get up a lot on planes, especially on long flights, just to stretch. But also, and, and perhaps most important to a writer, is I'm writing with my right hand. So the light, if it's dark on the plane, is coming from my left shoulder. If it's coming from my right shoulder, it's casting a shadow, and I can't see what I'm writing.
1: That's that is is you know. And on your post, I was laughing because I thought about it, but I didn't type it. Is somebody said it's the Shakespeare seat? To be or not to be. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. So as people engage with us, just she goes awesome first class too. <laughs> So, um, so as you know, we, we tell people that engagement is the spice of life, you know, it's what really sparks success on social media. So, uh, Kate, what's one thing that you learned off of this uh, session with Michael?
2: I didn't know what the smile mirror was. I've never worked in sales, but um, I come from the waitressing world. So we definitely were told to smile. I mean, I guess that kind of is sales. We definitely were told to smile when we talk. So I never thought about putting a mirror at my desk. You might see that next week.
0: <laughs> you know, it's interesting too, Kate, when you mentioned smiling, because uh, when when you bring most people their food, they look down at the meal and they don't acknowledge the person who brought them their food. Wow. It works the other way, too, to smile up at the server and say, thank you very much. Exactly. I'll tell you what, man, I, I bet you, you infrequently saw that from customers.
2: Right. Never. Yeah, you yeah. definitely have a better chance of getting that extra side of ranch you asked for if you smile <laughs> at me. So keep that in mind,
1: too. That's awesome. That's awesome. Jackson, what'd you learn?
3: I uh I learned a lot you know just with the uh yeah, I never thought of it cuz I uh, I also have a background in theater so when he was talking about when you turn and I never thought about that when I'm presenting in front of an audience I mean I probably do it regardless but I never thought about it as like that you know so now I have another way to think of it and go about it so Excellent
1: it's not just a theater thing it's a it's a it's an always it's a, thing it's, it's a life thing, and Kate says uh, theater, always smile and never turn your back to the audience <laughs> right on all right, so who's our winner today, Jackson out of the uh, engagement pool?
3: Our winner today is actually Kate, so uh Kate, Kate. was some so
1: oh, I thought it was right. Kate hassett. she was smiling too, no yeah. I don't know. So Kate from Child's Voice, an amazing charity out there, one of our dear clients. uh, And uh, we just uh, we love what they do uh, out there in the world for all the children. So, uh, Kate, thanks for you and everything that Child's Voice does. And remember, you have to use the Starbucks gift card with something that you learned from here. So as you guys are taking all the takeaways You're on it. So she's going into LinkedIn and she's going to go on her social media and and connect to somebody and use that Starbucks card. And so, Michael, we use that as sort of a subconscious, conscious reminder to uh, that social selling is about building relationships, connection and rapport. And we want to make sure that everybody knows that, uh, you know, there's rewards for that in life as well. I love it. All right, man. Well, thank you, Michael, so much. We love having you on. You'll definitely be on again with us. And uh, you and I always uh, threaten to do an event together. And I think maybe this is the year to just uh, put those pieces together. We're, we're close enough Chicago, Michigan. We have great hotels. I'm trying to lure you this way, of course. So, <laughs> but we'll figure some of that out. Okay. I'd love to. All right. Well, listen, thank you again. And thanks all of you that are joining us and those of you that listen in on the podcast. And then, Michael, one more time, that website
0: michaelangelocaruso.com.
1: Right on, everybody. All right. So go there, Jackson. We'll send a link to you all as well. And then uh, we'll see you guys online. Take care, everybody.
3: Bye. Bye. Thank you.